Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Lucy Halden and Benjamin Halden. This episode today is brought to you by Graham's The Family Dairy and we will be speaking to you about this later on in the episode because you can see, maybe you can't see, I hope you can see, we have an array of products here and we are going to talk to you about that later. Well, in today's episode, one of the big things that we want to discuss is around protein as well. Quite a lot of the questions that we tend to get from either listeners or people on Instagram or from members of the Micro Chap is around hitting protein intake, the good things, the bad things, how you can increase protein intake, potentially some of the, the negative effects of whey protein. So we kind of just wanted to dispel spell the right word some myths today dispel around protein dispel. And, and also give you a good solid foundation of education around protein so that you can better your diet stop snacking stop binging feel better build more muscle get leaner all these things are rooted deep within potentially your protein intake i think people forget as well with protein it's obviously found throughout your body, but it's not just found in your muscles, which is what everyone thinks. It's found in bone. It's found in your hair, your skin, your nails. So protein literally makes up your whole body. You know, when people just talk about it and think, oh, it's like for muscle building, it's literally not. Mm -hmm. If you want nice skin, if you want nice hair, if you want nice everything, this is why we wanted to talk about it because there's so much more into protein that I think people don't realize rather than just like getting fucking massive. Which is probably 99%. No, but, I, but no, I mean, just, goals. yeah, absolutely. Just but like, jacked. <laughs> but from my perspective, I think having no, I like know. nice hair, skin, and nails is also like a, like a really nice thing. And you can actually do it by having more protein in your diet. I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah, that kind of ties into something I'm going to speak about around the ideal amounts of protein to hit as well. I've kind of s split. Um, I guess some of my show notes today into common questions that I've been asked a lot over time or what I think will be beneficial to people as well. So one of those being, and I think it's the, the probably the questions asked most is what is the ideal amount of protein to hit per day? 0.8 to one gram per pound of body weight. Mm -hmm. But that is only, I would say more so specifically for people who do train and go to the gym and run and and or who are sporty in general because I don't think just everyday person who doesn't go to the gym who doesn't train at all that would be quite a significant amount of protein for them to hit and I don't think they see the benefits as much as me and you for example well the, the most cited papers I think recommend eating 0.7 grams but I would say you're better having at least one gram of protein per pound of body weight mm. Because most people tend to under eat anyway. So if you set a target a little bit higher, I think you're going to end up somewhere around where you need to be. Uh, I think especially if you're cutting or trying to lose weight, trying to hit one gram per pound of body weight is better. Obviously, just assess that as you as you drop weight. But mainly because the one of the key benefits of protein in general is that as a macronutrient, it's most satiating out of all the macronutrients, out of protein, carbs, and fats. So what that essentially means is that you're going to feel fuller if you get more protein into your diet mm -hmm. and you're going to be less likely to overeat, you're going to be <laughs> less likely to snack, binge, whatever it is, if you are having higher protein within, within your diet. And again, I think if you can shoot over that 0.7 grams, definitely do so. The only, I suppose, caveat to that would be is just be aware of your digestion. If you know that 
upping your protein intake a lot is having a negative effect on your digestion, then obviously be careful because say, us saying one pound, one gram per pound of body weight. For some people that might not be great for digestion. Some people it might sit fairly well. It's just got to be based on you and how much protein you can, I suppose your digestion will allow because digestion is a big factor in what you can absorb and take in and digest. Yeah, and with digestion and gut health in general, I think that's a really important thing that people should be should be looking after anyway. You know, if you do increase your protein intake, like do you remember I went through a stage of having like a really high protein diet, and then when I started prepping, like started doing the longer runs, I kind of forgot my protein intake a bit, didn't I? And I wasn't, I was, I was quite heavily focused on just like getting like cane in the carbs whereas actually cane in the carbs cane in the carbs what can we call the protein one pounding in the protein Whoa, what about the fat? can we need the sound effect for that long because we said at the same time <laughs> oh, that wasn't the one <laughs> oh, 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 that's we need, button, we need sorry, a new guys. one yeah uh, where are we we need a new one yeah. what about fats Fueling the fats. Fueling with fats. Fueling with fats. Fucking with the fats. Fucking with the fats. Um, so when I was when I started doing all those long runs, I lost quite a lot of muscle the first time round because I kind of forgot how important it was to have protein. Even though I was doing endurance events, I literally kind of I wasn't really focusing on it. Whereas this time round, and since I've put on more weight since base camp, you said to me, make sure you are eating enough protein. And honestly, I have been, I've been hitting like 150 to 155 grams per day, which is still quite a lot for me. And I've not lost any weight and I don't think I've lost any muscle. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's, not, <coughs> Sorry, always, keep it's not always the easiest thing to get in. I think when, I think we live in a an environment and society which is super carb heavy. You walk into most shops, it's easy to pick up a carbohydrate or heavy carbohydrate based product as opposed to it is a protein uh, so I think that definitely plays into people under hitting the protein intake sometimes and even for me as a 200 pound guy I'm not saying I always hit my protein intake every day I'll try my best to well to be fair to lie. Ben, you, you lie. are no, a steak okay yeah now that I'm keto it's, <laughs> it's easy I, de- I don't have to even measure it I know I fly over the protein intake but prior to that I know it was definitely something that I would under hit Mm. I think a lot of definitely endurance athletes do because they always favour carbohydrates because they need the energy. But protein is obviously um, sparing in that fact as well. So getting a decent protein intake is a is a must. Taking like a three sixty spin on that, just talking about protein and weight control. I think a lot of people forget if, as you said before, if you're in a calorie deficit or, or you're on a weight loss journey, people will kind of reduce mainly carb intake when actually you should just be reducing overall calorie intake but you actually should be keeping your protein intake higher because mm-hmm. it is satiated and you will feel fuller for longer so over time if you are fuller for longer in a calorie deficit by hitting your protein it will aid your goal of weight loss yeah. and people forget that because they instantly think oh I'll take out like I'll take out all my carbs or I'll take out this or I'll take out that but actually you need to keep your protein intake really quite high to keep you fuller so you can stay in a calorie deficit a little bit better and it's not as awful and tedious. And then two, you'll you'll maintain as much muscle as possible. Yeah, and on that with muscle, if, you, if you're taking more, more protein, you're going to build more muscle. And as a byproduct of building more muscle, you're going to now expend more calories because you're you're holding more tissue. So you're uh, naturally raising your metabolic rate a little bit, which actually makes it then easier 
to lose body fat. So it's a win-win. I think one thing to just bear in mind is if you are uh, coming in and you know that you're quite heavily overweight and you're carrying quite a lot of body fat, then another good metric to potentially measure this in terms of where to set your protein intake at will be uh, based on lean body mass. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, say, for example, you're 250 pounds. We don't say get 250 grams of protein in. What would be best to do is go, okay, try and roughly figure out where your lean body mass may be and then hit uh, an estimate which is close to that in terms of grams. I think there's actually some calculators that you can pull up online now as well, which will help you estimate or guesstimate your lean body mass so that you're not going, oh, today I've got to get in 250 grams of protein and you're either shitting through the eye of a needle or you're constipated all the time because, again, take note of digestion when you're you're changing your protein intake. Um, so just, sorry, just quickly, okay. what the example Ben was giving there, if you're 250 pounds and you're about 30% body fat, mm-hmm. then that means you're carrying about 75 pounds worth of uh, visceral fat on your system, which means if you were lean at 0% body fat, you'd weigh around 175 pounds. So shoot for about 175 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. They're just rough numbers. Thank you, Colin. Anytime. Thank you, Cal. <laughs> the, the voice of reason. It's so funny. We were at a run event yesterday with my protein. And so people heard Cal's Cal voice. Cal's chief photographer. And some guys, I recognise his voice. So that's the voice of reason from the podcast. No, that's not the bit that I was laughing at. No, I know. At. But I, well, quite a few people say, I'll recognise a voice. Just coming in with the stats and the facts. No, Cal announces how many was like, yeah, like it's just anyway maybe it was a have to be their moment it was definitely um, have to be their moment but I will hold Cal against that the rest of his life um, one of the things that I wanted to touch on and we actually spoke about this heavily with Oliver Patrick who is a fantastic he does podcast hosting he does well, podcast he does well, podcast yeah. um, really really nice guy and he touched quite heavily on protein and sarcopenia and what's really hard for people I guess our age, millennials, even if you Gen Z's listen to this, Gen Z's are below us, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, not below. Age. Younger. Younger. Yeah. I was, I was going through the categories, millennials, Gen Z. Wait, when were you born, Liz? 1996. Wait, are you Gen Z? No, Cal. Uh, I'm a millennial. Um, anyone born between, oh, anyone born between 81 and 96 as a millennial? I'm a cow. I'm a one year. I'm a one year millennial. Cool I'm in the cool club. Thank goodness. Not that Gen Zs aren't cool. Wow. Um, it's just a different way of life. Um, <laughs> sorry, protein and sarcopenia. So sarcopenia is a disorder characterized by the progressive loss of muscle mass and physical function, and it's commonly associated with older adults. Now, I think when you're our age, it's hard to envision yourself fifty or sixty years old suffering from something like sarcopenia. But if you do have it, you have increased fatality, uh, fatality, fatality, risk of falls, functional decline. And obviously like early death is one of those factors. And if you have a higher protein intake for your like growing up at the age we are now, growing up into your 30s, 40s, 50s, you will reduce the risk of having sarcopenia. But that is really hard to put yourselves in those shoes in 30 years time when you might have it and I think it's important for us to share it now in terms of it's not just about building muscle or looking a certain way or you know high protein diet it actually has massive massive health benefits later down the line I think one of the ways that you can maybe make yourself more aware and put yourself in those shoes is to think about death more 
if you try to think about death more often, then it will put yourself in that position of thinking the things that you need to do are also affecting the things that are in your future and how you want to live and the quality mm-hmm. of life, which is a, a the big thing. I also th- I also do think that comes with almost uh, an essence of maturity within your fitness journey. I know we spoke about this with mm-hmm. Sean last week and he didn't think it did. I think it does. I think it definitely um, comes with... Oh, a bit of debate there. Oh, fucking bit of debate on second podcast. We're allowed to have (laughs) differing views on certain things. I love debating. Um, I think as you mature, you you become more aware of uh, quality of life, avoiding injury, being mobile, like these sort of things, whereas opposed to when you're starting your journey, it's it's very aesthetics driven and you kind of gains by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's definitely important. I think, yeah, if you, can sp- if you can think about death more, I don't mean that in a really morbid way about thinking about how you're going to die. I just mean in terms of planning your life out and the things that you want to achieve and knowing that at some point it's it's obviously going to end and thinking about the things that you want to try and do and get done. Whoa. Well, Look at today. that. Yeah, so Carl's just pulled up the sock of penis, that which is uh, one of the most striking effects of age is the evolutionary loss of muscle mass, strength and function termed sarcopenia. Muscle mass decreases approximately 3 to 8% per decade after the age of 30 and this rate of decline is even higher after the age of 60. I think one of the big things behind that after is... After the age of is, 30, Ben, is, you're already there, lad. Well, this is why a lot of men, I think, well, not why, but part of the reason why some guys will take TRT as well to mm. in, for increased muscle mass because the more muscle mass you have the better your quality of life is essentially going to be. Yeah, because it's one of those things, isn't it? Protein is very heavily associated to sport and athletic performance. But if you're not into sport or the gym or running or or a form of exercise, you should still absolutely be focusing on your protein intake on a day-to-day basis. And obviously, hopefully today, we are going to give you a lot of advice of where you can have quick protein, easy on the go. It's easy for you to have and easy for you to take. Because a lot of people say to me that like, oh, I'm, I'm having like 80 grams of protein a day, and I'm thinking that's that is that is low. Let's help you out because that seems like a vet. 80 grams is low, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I can get in one meal sometimes. Yeah, then you are really a steak. I'm talking for people who aren't maybe having <laughs> a steak doing, every single doing, meal. I was doing pull-ups in the gym the other week when Elliot Burton, our friend, came to stay with us, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I've got off the pull-up bar and he was just looking at me. I was like, what? And he went. You, you're just a fillet steak. Like you I'm are a fillet steak. steak. Yeah. You are a steak. I, I think, think I'm slowly, I'm... like, what's what's the word? What they are, what, what happens on Pokemon? You, I'm evolving. Nice. I'm evolving into a fillet steak. Yeah, you're a fillet. I think I'm more sirloin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I've got a bit more, like, veins through I, me. I'd say you're a bit more of a fillet loose bend, maybe Fi- more I... of a tomahawk, you know? Yeah, yeah. but I could Fillet's give Ben a tomahawk. Steak. Okay, I'm fillet. I'll take a fillet steak. Yeah. I was more so basing it off like, you know, when it comes on your plate, the fillet's like a blob. blob. <laughs> Thank you. Right, can everyone just no, let us down? I didn't mean it that way. This fringes on domestic abuse. I, it's I psychological did not mean bullying. It. I did not mean it in that way. I just meant how it arrives. Whereas a no. sirloin is usually like flat with a lot You've of lines. You've described your husband as a blob. <laughs> No, I actually didn't. I, I Can we clip that you, just to make sure that the audience I, I, reflects upon this psychological trauma that I've just experienced? I described you as a fillet steak. I think that is a wonderful description, but I don't see myself as a fillet steak. I see myself as sirloin, a bit more like, you know, I've got a few veins in my arms and a bit more like flat. I think I'm sirloin, okay. guys. Am I sirloin or fillet? Right, Make so it in the, the comments. The poll today, guys, is what kind of steak is Ben? <laughs> Head to the Spotify mm. description and let us know. Also, by the way, sorry, I have actually, I don't know if I was supposed to do this yet. 
I no, can't you stop. jumped the gun, but it's fine. I have. I can't stop eating these. Yeah, I'm well, going to touch it later, but do you know what that tastes like? Do you remember... I can't remember what the yogurt's called that you have when you were a kid. Froobs. Yeah. It's like it. a froob. <laughs> and I just, this is raspberry and it's absolutely delicious. And I'm just thinking, I'm quite hungry. It's got 15 grams of protein. We are going to touch that after, but I, I didn't know I, I, like, I was supposed to touch. I, my favorite one's these ones, the, the, like the shakes. These got 35 yeah, grams of protein in, but no, this is um, Cal had to say to me yesterday, stop drinking them because we got them delivered on Sunday <laughs> and there is now a quarter of the bottle left. So mm. we're going to have no product left for the actual show. So just for the audio I've listeners, what are, we, what are we holding up? For the uh, I've got the Graham's protein 30 gram uh, peach, 30, 5 gram Graham's the family dairy uh, which is like a shake and I actually really like these shakes the reason why is because sometimes they feel and we're going to discuss whey protein when you have a protein shake the consistency is quite thin mm. these are more like between a yogurt yes I said it a so that yogurt that got 35 grams of protein 35 grams of protein and between that and a protein oh, shake so that. because it's way thicker I find it way more filling as opposed to just having a protein shake but it's also not bitty um, I've never had a protein shake, which is bitty. Oh, I definitely have. What do you mean? A, a billion percent. I haven't. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely have. Hitting you in the face while you're drinking it. Horrible. Yeah. No, I've never, I've never had oh, that. Oh, as in like, you're a bit like, oh, I've my fucking teeth. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. How much protein inside. can you absorb in one meal? This is always the debate. And I think the reason why it comes up quite a lot is because there's a lot of pseudoscience and voodoo rah raw around which scares people and puts people off because I think, oh, there's no point in me getting this much protein in, in my meal because I'm going to piss the rest of it out. Um, the real the real simple sort of answer to this is it, it'll be dictated how much you can absorb through digestion. If you can eat 75 to 100 grams of protein in a sitting and you don't end up shitting yourself mm. or being constipated or feeling bloated or feeling nasty, then you're going to be fine. Your body will absorb it. The body doesn't hit 50 grams of protein and then go, wait there a minute. He just tried to slide another couple of grams past the protein police. So we're going to stop that protein going through the system. It doesn't, the body doesn't work like that. Mm. Um, you're not just going to pee it out. I can eat a lot of protein in one sitting, but I can't eat a lot of carbs in a sitting. Obviously that's because my personal digestion is like that. Everyone's different. So when I'm saying you could have 75 to 100 grams in one sitting, this is obviously going to be personal to you as an individual of what your body best digests. Obviously, because I'm doing keto now, I, I can take in a large amount of protein in one sitting because it's better on my stomach. Um, so you, your, your digestion is kind of like a natural in, indicator to what you should or shouldn't be eating in one sitting. That's probably the best way you can probably go about it to eat well. However, there is a point in which... Um, you don't further stimulate muscles. You won't further stimulate muscle stimulus. Um, and that's known as the anabolic cap, which is what some people refer to, which is like where you'll benefit from muscle building. But the one thing that we've got to remember when we're taking protein intake in, like you were referencing at the start, is that protein intake isn't just about how jacked you can get. Protein goes to other parts of the body, like your hair, like your skin, like your nails, like it's um, your skeleton. There's other ways in which the body can use that protein. Um, so yeah, there is a maximal anabolic cap, um, which can dictate like how much you're going to use for building muscle, but it doesn't really matter. Just get the protein in. Like for me, I'll only have two meals usually in a day. They're usually quite big. So that means most of my protein is coming through those two meals. It is maybe more optimal for you to have smaller meals and try and get like 30 to 50 grams in per meal. 
Um, but it's not going to make a big difference. The big difference is going to be is if you are like a hundred pound guy as opposed to two hundred pound guy, then maybe that will. It's obviously going to differentiate the amount of protein you're going to have per meal. It also, I think, some people get quite concerned and obsessed with optimum and suboptimal. Is it like whether it's? I used to anyway. So when I first started going to the gym. I would literally have a protein shake within five seconds of finishing my workout. Same with swimming. We're really taught as in like, you have, like, like it's absolutely crucial to get it in within like the first 20 minutes. And yeah, it's obviously some science between the first 20 minute window. But I think for a lot of people, just make sure you're getting it in in your day. I don't think you need to be that anal about nutrition timing. Whereas people are like, oh my God, I've not had my protein straight after my workout. I've not done this. I've not eaten here. I've not eaten there. Eat when you want to eat. Have your protein when you want to have your protein okay. because, okay. <laughs> just, sorry, <laughs> to, sorry to interrupt. I'm just going to ask you while she's saying that. Who, who was it who probably told people, you need to have the whey protein immediately after a workout? Who was it who told? Who, who's probably nurtured that myth? Arnold. No, probably supplement companies. <laughs> Absolutely supplement company. Yeah. Like Kellogg telling you that the most important meal of the day is your breakfast. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were going down the route of like Arnold. <laughs> Where's Arnold come from? Because he's like, he's not much on my own. But he was also selling protein shakes. Yeah. thought you were going to say something else then. <laughs> like, uh, it's all time now. It's, it's 12.30 recording this. I trained at 10.30. It's been two hours. Like I'm not losing games. to be fair. Again, op- I-, I like to be an optimal suboptimal or suboptimal optimal in terms of being a suboptimal optimal means that you do things that fit best into your day exactly the same when people ask me ben when's the best time to take creatine when you can remember to take it is the best time yeah because if you're not taking it consistently there's no point but i just think it's a really important point to make because you do have a lot of people still on social media being like you have to have it then i'm thinking i i even train to quite like an intense level and i just have it when i have when i i don't stress i don't want to stress about when I like nutrition timing or when I'm having my protein or the catabolic or anabolic window, I'm just going in and I'm going to have it whenever, whenever's necessary. I've got a quote for you guys on this topic, which is that perfect is the enemy of good. What do you think? Perfect. Yeah. I had a... Oh, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I think I had, a, bit, I had, I had a bit of a debate around that with someone on LinkedIn at one that point exactly. I can't remember who it was not not that exactly but I said um, it was something around striving for something else not perfection and they were said why would you not strive for both strive for optimal not optimal not perfect or something no it wasn't that it was something around like basically just doing something rather than trying to do it perfect right yeah. um, and they were like arguing why, can't you, why would you not do both I think perfection is, is often for a lot of people just a form of procrastination so for me, if I'm going to look for try and be perfect all the time, it's either one going to cause me to procrastinate or two, take away from a lot of other things that I need time and energy for. You, If you have a jaw full of fucks for the day and you've got all these effing tasks to do, there's only so much of the, the fucks you can give to those tasks. Or if you want to just do one of those tasks like perfectly, you're going to have to sacrifice all of the work that you've got on for the day. I'm going to kindly interrupt today's episode because it is sponsored by Graham's, the family dairy company. And we spoke about how hard it is in this day and age to have easy access to protein on the go. We have the world's busiest lives. We just do millennials, Gen Zs. And the fact you can just pick these up from literally any supermarket, you've got Asda, Sainsbury's, Tesco, Spa, Aldi, Lidl, Morrison's, you will have already seen it 
everywhere and anywhere. So this one, for example, that I was having today, 15 grams of protein. Look at that. You could literally just walk around, have it in two seconds, got your protein. 35 grams of protein. That is more than a protein shake. And that's incredible. And it's delicious. Yeah, I think the thing that I really like about this one is as well, and I'll be carrying these around with me more often, is one, yes, it's 35 grams of protein. But two, it's the consistency of the drink itself. It's a lot thicker than a protein shake. It goes down a lot better. It tastes a lot nicer. And the most important thing, it keeps you a lot fuller so you're going to snack less. Now, as part of this, uh, Powered by Graham's is doing a 30-day challenge aimed at encouraging you to increase your protein intake post-exercise. Graham's family dairy protein products are fat-free, low-sugar, and sweetener-free, making them the perfect on-the-go snack just to take with you pretty much anywhere. If you'd like to sign up to the free 30-day challenge, make sure that you visit www.grahamsfamilydairy.com forward slash powered, which will give you access and tell you a lot more about the 30-day challenge. And all you need to do is add in your email address. So it really is that simple. And honestly, guys, we would not tell you how good they are and they would not be on this podcast if they weren't absolutely phenomenal. Just to remind you guys again, that URL is www.grahamsfamilydairy.com slash powered. Back to today's episode. Did you know, sorry, before we move on, you look really large in a long sleeve top. I was thinking this today. He I looks jacked. You I look... knew Carl was thinking that because I can see yeah. when we're in the kitchen. You yeah, look, it was yeah. in the kitchen. <laughs> it's the, the tuck in is, yeah, it's doing stuff. Like I, think I, don't, I don't really wear white very like, often. I wear black. Like what about, what? wait, wait, wait. Oh God, got This me. is what, it's Whoa, not, it's what, not filming. What about me in a long sleeve top? Usually, um. Ben. So you know when you know when you put Cat, you know on. when you put t-shirts on, you know when you put t-shirts on a coat hanger. Yeah, yeah. Fly. I'm joking. You how, look beautiful. How do I do? I look jacked. You're beautiful and jacked. Yeah, beautifully Thank jacked, you. jacked and beautiful. Be- I'm sweating. Let's not. Whoa, okay. fuck me! I am sweating. Um, Let's put that. Yeah, hair it doesn't feel me confident at the moment because I'm trying not to be absolutely <laughs> jacked because I've got Hyrox in ten days time. Yeah, we both. Um, which, funnily enough, is not about being jacked. So. But I was just admiring. I think Thank it's you. because your traps are kind of locked. It's I don't know it's the way you're well. sat as well. Yeah, bad posture. Yeah. But um, I just wanted to give you a bit of a mid podcast compliment. We'll have a mid podcast compliment. Thanks. I think I am getting ill actually. You know, you said that. Stay and now, away from I've me, now please. got, um, you know, when people put seeds you're in your head, into I it, sneezed yeah. before the podcast and then went and you ill, and I thought no. And now I'm thinking, <clears throat> I am. Okay, I'm going to pose this question to you. And let me see what you two think. I hate getting posed questions when I don't know the answer. It is, well, it's more of a statement. Mm. It is impossible to get fat eating only protein. That is. That is a lie. Absolute lie. Okay. Okay. Uh, scientifically, yes. But I would ask you to think about it on a day-to-day logical like sense. Practically. Practically. Could you, could you get fat just eating what? Chicken and steak? Mm, I don't know. Oh, if you if no, you are not like, in a... not not can you? Yeah, is it is it realistic that you will yes. get fat eating a carb diet compared to like a fat focused diet? I think that I mean I'll let I'll let actual personal trainer Lucy Davis answer this question first. I mean, obviously, if you are in a surplus, you will put weight on. If you eat any 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 above and beyond, and you're kind of not really exercising, and it is just protein, you would put weight on. However. If you were just having meat, fish, protein shakes, protein yogurt, I mean, if that doesn't sound cheese. It's so, my diet. So does it even I've sound just, I've just that bad? Up. A whole roast chicken 
contains two and a half thousand calories. Mate, I could eat, I, that's, I'm that I, gorgeous. I could, I could eat a whole roast chicken, but I probably couldn't eat tons more than that. And that's still less than my calories for the day. Mm-hmm. I think I could in a eat real, a whole roast chicken. Yeah, I could eat a whole roast chicken, but then I'm not going to go, oh, and then I'll have a pizza. Again, no, a whole roast, a whole roast chicken has probably been lathered in loads of oils and other, other stuff as well, as yeah. opposed to like if you just cooked a chicken. Actual protein. Yeah, and the, the, the thing that I'm trying to get at here is, obviously calories invest, calories out dictates... Um, energy balance and yes you can get fat just f- if you had only protein in your diet what I'm trying to get at though is if you were to just go I'm only going to eat whole food meats and protein it's very difficult very difficult to get fat just doing that yeah. because what essentially happens is if unless you're hungry for meat you don't eat mm. and in that fact I had steak the other day, finished my, my dinner, and then went, I still feel a bit hungry. I could have probably gone and ate a cupcake. Could have, could have ate. I couldn't have ate another steak. If you were to guess, if you were to look at like way morbidly obese people in the UK, do you think their diet is made up predominantly of what? Carbs or protein? Carbs. Carbs, yeah. right? For sure. High, high glycemic. It's a high glycemic. High GI, yeah. Yeah. But I think one of the things well that is really hard with that is you do get, like meat, fish, uh, protein shakes, they're on the more expensive side, whereas yeah, true. A, bre- a loaf of bread, a cupcake, like you can get all that. I am 100% so not saying, by the way, hard. that people should be in an all-meat diet. I'm trying, to give, I'm trying to give extreme yeah. examples, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, so... Obviously, part of this will be due to palate fatigue as well. Like, you, 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 there's only so many steaks you can eat. For for example, do you know what? Do you know why it's you really have a steak every day? Yeah, but I don't eat it all. Yeah, for, but that's why oh, I don't. That's why I don't go. Oh, I'm gonna go and pick in the fridge and eat more steak. And <laughs> no one's doing that. I eat more boiled eggs, are they? And this is me. this is part of the thing. I I made a note of this as well. People always go, how do? So I've heard people say, how does places? Is it called? Um, is it Lucenza? Uh, Fazenda or or Ben Brazil and places like that how did money when you can just eat whatever they know you are not eating kilos of meat and kilos of steak you're eating a lot of the carb sources which is cheap as shit (laughs) and the expensive stuff you're not eating loads of because you're going to get palate fatigue and there's a certain point where you're not going to continue to chow through more meat international listeners what is (coughs) Fazenda Yeah, it's a it's a restaurant where you essentially sit down. And you have a, a red light and a green light, and then if you open up the green light, you just get fed meat until you physically can't eat anymore. Basically, yeah. exactly. And people that's where they make their money on all the carbs stuff because they know you're just going to eat all that cheap stuff and the meats. You're going to restrict a little bit more, and it's again, that's part of evolution. We would just eat protein years ago, mm. We'd, and there was less people who were obese. Obesity rates were lower. It was hard to overeat on meat. And again, it, it's like extreme version of keto, what I'm doing now. I don't want meat, I don't eat. But what the, the, the issue with obviously society at the moment is, which is a big factor of why we have the obesity rates that we do, which makes it difficult, is that companies, fast food companies, restaurants, now super engineer everything, mm. whether that's making things bigger, sweeter, um, more salty, the big things, which we never used to do, obviously, years and years and years ago, was con- even combined flavors or combined ingredients. You just ate a chicken or a bit of meat. It wasn't 
cooked in oils and garlic sauce and all this other stuff. We now combine things, which obviously we have the hormones like leptin and ghrelin, which tells us when we are full. So if you were to go and hunt and catch a, I don't know, what would you go and catch, Carl? Deer, deer. You would do it. You would all eat the deer, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't continue to consume the deer to the point where you felt sick. But what we've done now by changing flavors and manufacturing things and adding preservatives or all this other stuff is it allows you to eat past that point where you would normally be full because Mm -hmm. things just taste so much more palatable. And this is why it's really difficult now, way more difficult than it was to stay in shape because there's all these other options around. Like if I have an absolute binge blowout, I'm not binging and blowing out on steak. Who's, who's ever done that? I'm binging and blowing out on cookies, crisps, yeah. Doritos, pizza, burgers, whatever, you know. Mate, imagine if someone tried to do like a Matos Fitness, a 10K challenge, food challenge on meat or on protein yeah, only. Yeah. I don't think you could do it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be your toilet the next day. Yeah, either. I yeah don't that think would you could be, do it. you'd have to have like five whole chickens. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. That's it's a lot of chicken. A lot of steak. It's just, it'd be, it would be almost impossible. Mm. One of the things that I wanted to touch on, because I think a lot of people actually say like, how do I increase my protein intake? Because that is one of the most common questions, like how do I actually do it? Now, one of the things, and you actually briefly touched on this then, when you are eating a meal, eat the protein source first. Yep. Um, protein basically increases the production of peptide YY. PYY. It's a gut hormone that makes you feel full and satisfied. So what we spoke about before with it being satiating, you feeling fuller, you can enjoy it. You need to slow down when you eat your food, digest it properly. And also ghrelin, which is a hormone and that determines how hungry you are, that will decrease. So I think as well specifically for people who are maybe on a weight loss journey or they're really trying to focus on the protein intake, have it first, sit down, have your meal and have the protein source first. You'll feel more satisfied, you'll feel fuller. And hopefully after that meal's finished, you then won't have that urge of, I need to go to the cupboards and now I need to have the cupcake or I need to go and have more. I need to have something sweet and because you're already satisfied. Yeah, I don't know if you... Well, obviously not at the moment because of the ketogenic diet. I say ketogenic diet, I'm loosely doing the ketogenic diet. Like we had a Nando's at the weekend. But, we also um, had a few donuts, didn't we? Mm, uh, yeah, that, that's not great for my stomach though. Did that, why did that yeah, hurt your stomach? Yeah, it me off, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when we're at Nando's, I have the chicken first and then the last thing to eat is the is like a creamy mash. I didn't eat all the creamy mash because I was full off the other things. Mm. So I think it's a great way to approach a meal is to eat the protein. I know a lot of people like to combine things, but if you can eat more of the protein first, or obviously if you're not eating out, would be to base your meals around the protein intake first. So if you're making a lunch or making a tea, start with protein. So I'm going to have chicken breast with, Mm. don't go, I'm going to have a baked potato and then I might put a tablespoon of tuna on because your protein intake is going to be low. Start with protein and build the meal around the protein. Guys, can I quickly run over something for you here? So, mm. the and in fact, I'll put this on the screen. You can let me know what you think of this. That's a fun little thing I've got going on there now. Look at that. So, this is the NHS daily recommended intake in terms of macros. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, terrible. 70 grams total so fat. Read, read them off for people who can't. 50, 50, 50 grams of protein. Okay. The NHS offers daily reference intakes, which can be used as a very general guide. Less than 70 grams <coughs> uh, total fat, 260 grams of carbohydrates, and 50 grams 
of protein daily which is just 50 not grams enough. of protein you've got 35 in this i mean obviously where offer the a lot of stuff that we're coming from is from tr- people who are trained or work out which is going to require more protein but like how long ago was this created yeah so this is there's a, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this in that um basically it was from a time where getting access to protein wasn't very easy we yeah. didn't have access to like mass farming and something they wanted to kind of emphasize was energy in factories so the workers were told to eat lots of carbohydrates to give them like short bursts of energy during the working day yeah, but yeah well then so they're gonna crash would you say that this is like an optimal diet for the no. entire uk population to be eating not at all especially when we just spoke about the general population with protein and sarcopenia and how important it actually is to have at least 100 grams of protein in think, your diet. I think we wonder why. Like we're looking at people with poor diets and we're looking at people who are obese when we're offering advice like this. Uh, I understand a lot of these things are kind of blanket statements which try and take in the average um, adult. But again, I mean, I've not looked into where they've pulled these numbers th- from, but there's, there's definitely a lot of work to be done in the UK from government and from health officials in really tackling this issue. And I think a lot of it lies in, in basics. Yeah. Are you still going into weight and creep I was, yeah. I was just saying, I think there's just a few different things that I think you can do with your breakfast in the morning. If you just have a small bowl of Kellogg's, for example... Okay, just, really... can I just interrupt you there? That Because I'm going to add something to what you're going to go into. Is that uh, breakfast is people's least um up, people's breakfast is where the average person in the UK will get the least amount of their protein in yeah 100% because it is easy to have Fact. a cereal and things like that and even i have granola but i have it with yogurt toast. and i have it with yeah toast bagels. is another one jam bagels like that because they're easy to do and things um I have yogurt with granola and banana and fruit. And sometimes I'll have a protein shake as well. It, de- it completely depends. But replace or just change up that small bowl of cereal with milk a tiny little bit. If you want to prep breakfast the night before, overnight oats, you could make a yogurt bowl. You could do something like these, for example, even that 15 grams of protein you could pull that on your granola. Squirt, you squirt it onto your granola. Actually. You could add whey protein to oats. You can oats. have whey protein to oats. You can have eggs instead of cereal. So three eggs provide 19 grams yeah. of protein. I just think breakfast is definitely the easy one to just like disregard. Whereas if you can set yourself up properly for the day by having a high protein breakfast, you also might not be as picky during the day because you're quite satisfied from the breakfast and the food that you've had. Um, you don't even have to I have think breakfast. It's really... Oh yeah, you can have it whenever you want in the day. You could have it at 12 o'clock, you could have it at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's just, I think people just need to add a little bit more sustenance to that breakfast meal. Yeah, what I mean by you don't have to have it is that I think people just wake up and it's like, oh, the first thing I need to do is eat. No, mm. you don't have to. Mm-hmm. It just becomes habit. My breakfast isn't until 12 or 1 o'clock and it's always uh, like 300 grams of steak with three eggs. Mm-hmm. I get a shitload of protein in it. I'm not hungry till way later on then. I'm not saying anyone goes and does that, by the way, because if someone had said to me, uh, Ben, in your 20s, in 10 years' time, you're going to be getting up and having breakfast at one o'clock and it's going to be steak and eggs, I'd say, you are batshit crazy. So I understand for people who don't eat like that, it probably seems weird, but it just works for me. Yeah, well, I, I'm i the complete opposite to Ben. I'll have granola and yogurt 
and fruit and prunes and cheese seeds. Mine's a whole shazam. Mm. Almonds also, also great for protein that I have on there. But just a few examples of, of food, which we've already spoken about today, but meat, fish, poultry, eggs, legumes. Is it legumes or legumes? I've never heard that word. Ever. Legumes. Legumes, I think. Yeah. I've had Thai food and like legumes. Beans Disney, and all that sort of thing. Um, soy products like tofu. What's that other? Temp, tempeh? they're quite accessible i mean it's hard to say what is accessible what is accessible to people protein shakes protein bars nuts cheese yeah protein bars whack them anywhere yeah gym bag cupboards replace your chocolate bars with protein bars Mm. easy swap yeah there are just a few things i think if you kind of know those sources of protein to aim to have one with every single meal yeah, there's there's actually quite a few products though that are carbohydrate carbohydrate based that are actually protein sparing. Mm. And one that always surprises people, like I say to members and clients, is a bagel. Mm. I can't remember what it was called. Just double check what is in like a what are they called the New York Bagel Company. How much protein's in one? I don't think it's absolutely crazy, but you know when you're like, oh, I don't know how much protein I've had today. Ten grams. There you go. There's ten mm. grams of protein in a bagel. How many grams of protein in a glass of milk? Th- this is what I mean by things that are sparing in protein. Even if you don't think... 3.4 per 100. So for, sorry, for a cup of milk, 8 grams. That's so what I mean. So there's more sometimes in a bagel. <clears throat> yeah. And this is what I mean by foods that are protein sparing that you would never think of having. But like a bagel, you can, there's 10 grams just at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Or, or, or whenever. Or when you're on the go. But thinking about these things, have cheese, yogurt, easy little wins in the day. <laughs> Yogurt? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yogurt, we just, mate. We just dropped into the try USA to, there. Try not to... Sp- yogurt. 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 Yeah, it's yogurt. Yo- yogurt, mate. It, no, no it's yogurt. It's not... I have never too. heard you yeah. say I, I, yogurt. I just prefer yogurt now. What is that? It's the, not... The, the, it's like, no, he says... He said, Graham's messaged nugget. me the other day and said, can you please pronounce it as yogurt? So I'm just I, going off what they said I don't to me. think they did. It's <laughs> absolutely yogurt. They, they, I've just made it up, but it sounds cool. Um, yeah, I th- I'd agree with those ways that you can add more. I think one of the obvious things is, and I don't expect people to force themselves to eat anything that they don't want to eat. So if you hate fish or you hate protein shakes or you dislike beef jerky, fine. But there are alternatives to these different food groups that you can have. Yeah, even vegan vegetarians, there are quite a lot of alternatives. Yeah, but at some, at some point, do you know what? You have to grow up and be an adult. You can't you can't eat things that you just like the taste of, or have micro meals, or chick, chicken nuggets and chips. Mm. Um, at some at some point, you've got to eat foods that are out your current regime and grow up. There you go. That's, that's the easiest way. Some people are like. I've I've spoken to people before. Like, yeah, I don't like that. Well, you've got to kind of explore yeah, a little bit. New try new foods. You don't have to become master chef. I think it was actually cited that most people actually cycle through the same ten meals through most of their life. It's me. So you do, yeah, so you don't <laughs> have to be crazy with with things like that. And I think it's I think it's actually interesting where people's dietary habits even come from. Um, I was looking at Science Direct before we jumped on the podcast, which is a really cool. Uh, reference point for different articles and they cited that dietary habits reflect individual food preferences and are often related to culture education uh, and socioeconomic background and health status so a lot of the your preferences around your taste and palate are not biological they come from 
um, upbringing, background, education. Obviously, culture is a big one because you mm. go to different countries, people have different palatable tastes. Uh, dietary habits may also be influenced and change according to life stage and lifestyle factors, including physical exercise and social engagement. So what I, what I means by that is there's, um, there's an effect called mere exposure effect. So you're going to like the things that you obviously eat all of the, the time mm. or that you're will appropriate just through the social group that you're in. Like if everyone always goes for Nando's, you're probably going to love having Nando's. Um, so it's interesting to see you will, you and you can change the way that like how, how many times at the start of the podcast, probably a year or two ago, did I bang on about how shit olives were? What did we have when we, we all went for steak the other day that Mikhail had to eat some of those olives? Oh God. Ben needs to be an absolute olive. I don't know. The I'm still not an olive of an evangelist. Fan. Yeah. I hate them. But I, I wanted to like them. So I was like, every time we go for a meal, I will try an olive. And now at the point where I like an olive, grow up is what I'm saying. I, I do think as well, though, that is actually really important. There's some people who are our age who, who don't like fruit and veg. I, I'm sorry if you don't, like, you're going to like, I try it. You need to keep, like, my, certain... si- my sister, she rose the places <laughs> and won't have a meal or tomato sauce. Yeah, that's Said last that time I went for a meal, like, you're going to ask for tomato me. sauce for this meal. We're can in a nice restaurant, say, I'm going home. Can I say where we were? I'm going home. Weren't you in Gaucho? We were in San Carlo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm fucking going home. And you do if not you ask, ask for tomato, for tomato sauce ketchup. All right. Um, At, guys, I've got a yeah. quick little, um, a little thing that we might want to try here. So yeah. uh, I found a website where people put on their daily diet and the Ooh. if that person posts what sounds roughly like your daily diet, you give it a nice little thumbs up. So the one with the most thumbs up, so apparently the most representative diet for the average person in the UK is as follows. And I think it would be good to kind of give your thoughts on what you could swap out to make a slightly yeah. higher protein. So first one, three Weetabix for breakfast. Uh, it's not. It's not a bad start. You get a good bit of fiber in there. There's, there's some good slow release carbohydrates. I'd say definitely. I'm guessing having it with milk. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if you like a cup of milk, you might get nine or ten grams in there. Mm. If you really want to, one of the things I actually loved doing when I was um, when what, I was trying to reference a point when I was doing it. Were you bulking? Uh, no, it's just when I was twenty about twenty five. I'd have Weetabix, but I'd make up a shake. Um, so with the milk that I was going to pour on the Weetabix scoop away protein or even half a scoop so add an extra 10 grams of protein there so you've got now got a milkshake with 20 grams in it can be vanilla strawberry whatever you want buy that on your Weetabix there's yeah now, I think now, that's probably the best now way you've got to a breakfast it. with 20 grams of protein in good fibre good source of slow release carbohydrates perfect okay uh, and then so basically nothing except for uh, cups of tea and biscuits throughout the day to snack on before lunch there we go. You actually would though. One hundred percent. Graham's the family dairy because that's fifteen grams of protein. It's one hundred fifty grams. Um, the the eighty seven calories. Eighty seven there is about one hundred fifty calories. Did that instead? Did the exact same thing the other day. Went to pick in the cupboard and grabbed the salted caramel flavor yogurt at a full one, and I was full. And yeah. that is. We'll keep you fuller for longer. I'm trying to work out the calories, 100 gram, 200 gram pot. Yeah, so it's 160 calories for a pot, which is probably about two chocolate digestive biscuits, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to keep you way fuller. Um, Again, one thing I actually like doing is I'll have a cup of coffee, but I'll have um, a protein brownie or protein bar. Again, more satiating, keep you full. You won't keep going back for protein bars. You'll keep going back for chocolate digestives. Nice. Uh, okay, so the lunch was a Tesco meal deal, a plain ham sandwich, a pack of crisps, and a full-fat Coke. What? Oh my god, this is actually quite, yeah, okay. This is this is most people, a lot of people's diets, by the way. Yeah. I used to sometimes eat like this when I was <clears> on When people were at work. Yeah, 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 absolutely. 
So what would you swap that off for, Liz? Would you pray? I, I mean, I don't love meal prepping. I, I never really have it. I it's, don't like it, it, it. It's not for me. Um, I would want, if, if the sandwich was the option, I'd replace the sandwich and maybe get like a, a wrap with like meat and chicken, salad, lettuce, that sort of thing. No, I'm thinking of people who are on the go and replacing a ham sandwich. Yeah, but I feel like a wrap is the, 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 the shit. How 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 many, how many shit. times you have a Tesco wrap and the bottom of the wrap is just nothing's in it? Yeah, true. It's like where is the chicken? Did you run out of chicken? Yeah. Well, I in an ideal world, I would have some sort of carb, so either potatoes, rice, or like quinoa. I just do them all in the microwave. Those sort of ones with a protein source, so chicken, steak. Yeah, I tuna, think, I like tuna, but I'm, I think I, I don't know how accessible that is to people basing it off saying. the ham sandwich. Yeah. The, the, the only thing I'd, I'd keep the ham sandwich, me. I, I, whenever I go for a sandwich, I always have cheese and no, ham. No, no, because a Tesco ham sandwich, it's one slice of ham. Yeah, it's that's I think not enough. I, protein. I, I'm, I'm being realistic. I don't think there's anything wrong with the ham sandwich. I'd, the only thing I'd swap is I'd swap out the diet, I'd swap a diet coke for normal coke in that one. That's fine. Okay. For lunch, yeah. a single ham sandwich. A ham sandwich, a pack of crisps, and a diet coke. Where's your protein? You got a bit of protein in the sandwich. Mm, I'd, but well, like the thing we've got to get across is like, not not everyone's eating like me or like you. No, I know that's why I went for the wrap. I just thought rather than a plain ham sandwich with butter, go for a wrap which has got lettuce, tomatoes, onion, chicken, mayo. It's got more sustenance than just a ham sandwich. So I'd keep the thing, but I'd replace it to. There's a bit more depth to that. Most of the time, though, sandwich. you would go to the sh- you go when we were, say, for example, come back from London on the train, you'll get a cheese and a ham sandwich. I fucking love ham and cheese. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't actually think there's anything wrong. Grab a ham sandwich, grab a Chris, Diet Coke, fine for that meal. Okay. Um, and then last one up for dinner is, on average, a baked potato with half a can of beans. Yeah. This I actually had this on my notes as one of delicious the the, the like the worst off meals though. Because you're starting basically with carbs and adding a tiny sprinkle of protein. Mm. Um, and that was the meal I used to eat for bulking because I needed to get my calories and my, carb, and my carbs up. So it's it's super carb heavy and dense. I would start, like we said before, by scrapping that and starting with a protein source. So start with chicken or chicken sausages or steak and then maybe or add... fish. Or fish. And then maybe add some baby potatoes with it. So mm-hmm. reduce the size of the carb source yep. or just add vegetables with it. Yeah, I think that's one of the things where you look at your plate and it's got your protein in there, get your veggies and get your carbs. You could could be rice, could be sweet potato. I mean, it could still be a small jacket potato. You could have tuna and just switch it out that way. Yeah. Cool. Good task done. And also water. Make sure you're having your water intake today. Um, Yeah. I think, that was, I think that was a good time. I think probably a lot of people will look at things to switch out for things like that, so it's good. Um, Just quickly, sorry, Lucy, if people are struggling to get their water intake, have you any recommended way of drinking their water? Through your mouth? I'm thinking that thing right there, <laughs> by any chance, behind you, Lucy. Where are you looking, Cal? Oh, good God. Pa- I know exactly what you're going to pass me, because they go live tomorrow. Hey! <laughs> We actually haven't told you, and that's hilarious. We are launching my coach product tomorrow. Now, these are one litre. The reason that we designed them in the way that we did in terms of a hydro flask, that's what they're called, is so they can stay cold if you add ice in. You obviously can do hot, but I don't think you'll have a coffee that, that is that large. But you can carry it round. It's got a handle on, so it's with you at all times. It's a litre. If you have two or three of those a day, you are literally sorted. Um, yeah, so product actually launches tomorrow. Which is three days ago. 
as of the launch of this yeah. podcast. Oh, oh wow. so it's live now. Oh wow, yeah, the pro- the it might be sold out. Oh yeah, we changed our thingy days. Hopefully, it won't be sold out. You will have seen it on all our socials anyway. We're launching two variations of the Hydro Flask. We're launching the hybrid AFTs and also the Barber Pad. So we'll leave the link below for you and make sure, fingers crossed, you'll be able to get your hands on one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to polish off on the, what I was speaking about before in terms of food preferences because I think this is quite important for people to be aware, be aware of especially for people who are like my sister who won't sway away from like three food types that being usually chicken nuggets, chips and tomato sauce um, the, like all all babies will are born the same that we all babies will drink milk they enjoy things that are sweet. They enjoy things that are salty. No babies coming out the womb and going, give me a Big Mac. Um, and we, we avoid foods that tend to be very bitter when we're, when we're babies. Obviously, you're given things. And this comes through evolution. And the reason it comes from evolution is because it was basically a built-in thing within our being and DNA that would stop us from eating things that would be potentially poisonous and then, you know, die. Mm. So um, it's it's why from birth we're, we're picky is, is because you don't want to eat things that would have been, I don't know, in the bush or in the forest or in the trees, which would poison you and kill you. So that's why we, we tend to be born only liking sweet things. And then as you uh, are cultured or educated or because of social norms, you will tend to then favor liking different things. Mm-hmm. So, um, Part of those liking things can be due to exposures that you've had in life. I think it's probably the reason I actually, when we joke about it and go, I, Ben, I, like, I don't like burgers or pizza. Obviously, yeah, I don't like that because of I'm doing the keto diet. But two, the last time I probably ate a proper pizza was when I did the 10,000 calorie challenge and I was sick everywhere. So I will then relate and associate that with being sick. So it's those learned experiences same for people who have eating disorders they'll have those trigger foods you relate and associate those certain foods to potential emotions or the way that you felt when eating that food and that can form part of your palate or part of the way that you will then consume foods or won't consume certain foods as you're growing up and getting older yeah, but I think it's important to challenge yourself on that as well and oh, not just completely. Yeah. Like my trigger food used to be pizza and burgers, whereas I love a pizza and a burger now. I will happily go to a restaurant and have a pizza and a burger. It doesn't faze me at all. So I think it's important not to succumb to that and be like, I can never have that ever again because this. It's like, well, accept that. that how That's how you feel and move away from it and have those foods that you enjoy that maybe you want and enjoy, but you're a different person now. And I think that's really important to try and fight that. I agree. And it's, all I'm trying to prove is that it's not biological in terms of mm. what your flavors and tastes is. Just to finish off, because I know we've got to um, polish this episode off, is are protein shakes bad for you? No. Thanks. Okay, we'll finish the podcast there then, guys. <laughs> Lucy's summed that up with um, a great bit of scientific literature. Again, people look too far into it. If you're struggling with your protein intake, have a protein shake. If you want it in your oats, I have mine in oats a lot of the time. Have it in your oats. Yeah. If you don't want one, you're hitting it, you're hitting it, it's fine. People are far too complex about like, and they get anal about it. Relax. I think some people are scared of it just due to most of the time it's being held by some bodybuilder. Um, but again, you're not going to get jacked off having a protein shake. The main thing with protein shake is the convenient. Is the, yeah, is, the, is, the, is the biggest thing that I can say about protein shake is the convenient, yeah, maybe tastes a bit better. The convenience comes with, if I was to, well, I'm not walking into an office with a chicken breast in my pocket, am I? Whereas I could do that with 
a protein bar mm. because it's way more convenient and I'd also smell like a hot pig's arse hey, walking around with a, a chicken breast in my pocket so it's not it's not convenient whereas a protein bar or, or sachet whey protein is again what sometimes though people do is they associate a protein shake with being the thing the be all and end all when it's not it's a supplement to your diet but let's say people like Ronnie Coleman or even Ronaldo taking some shit like Herbalife and go that's the reason why he's in shape no mm. the reason he's in shape is because for 10 years he's been waking up early going to the gym counting the reps uh, counting the calories moving doing the thing that is contributing to the most of that effect uh, I think the other reason why potentially sometimes they get a bit of a bad rep is because of this thing uh, years and years ago around kidney damage and kidney failure so one of the things that doctors would advise people to do if you if you have kidney damage is to reduce your protein intake slightly just because obviously the, the kidney's got to work then to, to digest it and break it down. That does not mean that if you've got healthy kidneys, eating higher amounts of protein is going to damage them. I suppose it's kind of like thinking, oh, I can't eat sugar because people who are diabetic are told not to eat sugar. Yeah, but you're not diabetic. If you've not got kidney damage, you are fine having higher amounts of of protein mm-hmm. um, so it's not going to have any negative effects on you at all it's a it's a myth kidneys yet yeah, filter out the protein and they are super super adaptive so even if you up your protein intake a lot your kidneys can deal with it kidneys are super adaptive that's why you can live with only one kidney they will be able to handle the workload and filter out the protein thanks Lucy that's a one star review cheers yeah. Luce Cheers, Luce. Thanks for that. That was just a weird noise. I think it's just a mixture of like the salts, and I've been. I think having, what it's called is a burp. I've been having no. I've been having. <laughs> I've been having a mixture of like three different things this podcast. But fingers crossed, you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, and you actually took value from it, one of the things we want to do with the Not So Fit Couple podcast is make sure you have value and you can use it in your everyday life. So please make sure you are subscribing to Spotify because loads of you don't, and leaving a review on. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, subscribing and just staying a part of it and we appreciate you. Yeah, one thing just to quickly as well is apologies for last week's audio on YouTube. Uh, we've picked it up on Spotify and Apple. Sometimes there's just some interference when we do guests over Zoom and stuff as well. But um, we'll always strive to do our best and provide you guys with the best audio and visual that we can. Yeah, Ben's been very kind though. It was essentially a fuck up on my part, guys. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get that sorted for this week's episode. It sounds great, as I'm sure you can hear. Yeah. But yeah, we are we're a, we're a team. We're all at fault with stuff. We all we all get things wrong, and we all do things sometimes. And sometimes it's just part of the the journey. Absolutely, and we will catch you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.